win the series versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. However, they are officially eliminated from postseason contention. So the Yankees will be not playing in October. Playoffs October, technically, obviously. The last game of the season, I think, is October 1st. But um, this will be the first time that they are not in the playoffs uh, since 2016. That was their last miss. Uh, and so from 17 through 22, they had made the playoffs. And this is not something that we've seen a whole lot in the last, you know, 25 years or so. Um, but we knew that this was going to be uh, definitely coming. And it's now official. Yankees are continuing. You know, they're playing pretty well. Um, you know, this was a very big series for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who, like, this could have been a very detrimental series loss for Arizona. We'll see. Uh, they still, you know, if the, if the season ended right now, they'd be in. But I think they're maybe a game, they're tied with the Cubs and a game up on the Marlins. And, you know, two of those three teams will get in. But the Yankees, they, they do also break the, uh, the rubber game series streak. So they had lost eight straight rubber games and we hadn't had one in a while. The last one I think was the Tampa Bay Rays series, which was, you know, at this point, what, three weeks ago or so, I, I, I guess. Um, oh no, it must've been before that actually. No, I think it was well before that. So the, uh, the, the, Rays series was the last one. So the Yankees do break that. Aaron Judge has a monster first game. He has his second three-home run game of the season. And, you know, just... Uh, there's been some struggles there, but the fact that he's still able to do this, and I think he probably will still play the last week of the season. We'll see what they do. On the injury front, more reliever injuries. Wandy Peralta will be done for the season. He was placed in the aisle with a left triceps injury. And Tommy Canley placed in the aisle with a right shoulder inflammation. So uh, called up was Yoandris Gomez, who was on the 40-man roster. He was a starter in AA. We'll see. Uh, he has not made an appearance uh, yet. But whatever he does, it'll be his major league debut. And then uh, Matt Bowman is back up. Uh, he was warming up in the third game today, uh, but did not come in the game. And this was a ugly series weather-wise. Uh, Friday was fine, but then Saturday, game two got pushed to everything got pushed over a day. Uh, so this series was supposed to end yesterday, but it ended today. Um, they had to move things around. Arizona was originally supposed to play the White Sox tonight, and they moved that over to Thursday. So they're lucky that they kind of had that available to them. I'm sure they would have found a way to make this happen. Like if they had to do a doubleheader Sunday. As bad as that would have been, they probably would have tried to just do that. But yeah, the weather for Game 2 and 3 were just brutal. Um, but the Yankees do finish out the home slate, and they finish their home record 42-39, and 39, which isn't great. It's above 500, but it's it's really not anything great at all. Um, and the Yankees now sit two games above 500. So as far as that goes, the only things that are left that are... Interesting to think about from a standings perspective and record-wise, the Yankees are two above 500. So the way I'm seeing this with six games to go is I, I do believe that the Yankees will probably, not definitely, but probably finish at worst at 500. I think it's, to me, it's a matter of do you finish at 500 or above, right? So for the Yankees to finish under, they'd have to go 1-5 and five or 0-6. Oh um, 
0-6 is not going to happen. You got three games with the Royals to finish it off. 1-5, I suppose could. I suppose you can get swept by the Blue Jays and lose two of three at the Royals. But I don't think that happens. So I'm, I really think it's a matter of do you finish at 500 or above. Well, obviously, that'll be a conversation point uh, after the uh, next episode. And then as far as finishing in last place, that seems like that's not going to happen either. It seems like uh, the Yankees are three games up on the Red Sox. Granted, the Red Sox do have that tiebreaker technically, but the Red Sox final games are against the Rays and the Orioles. So we'll see. I, I would suspect that, that that's a little bit less for debate. I, I think the Yankees are probably going to finish in fourth. Nothing's official as far as that goes, but um, for the Yankee fans and, you know, I was definitely one of them at one point, and, and I'm, I'm again. I, I'm just in this kind of no man's land as far as rooting is concerned. But um, that kind of was hoping for sort of under 500 in last place. That's slipping away a little bit, but nothing's confirmed there. And if you were a fan that wanted to continue the above 500 streak, uh, that is still definitely in play to happen. However, um, you know, six road games coming up. Uh, one of them against a, a Blue Jay team that's playing pretty well right now. And we'll, we'll discuss that series after we're done talking about the Arizona one. Um, but, yeah, Diamondbacks come to town. And, you know, they had I've been playing some pretty good baseball for the most part. But, you know, they're not... It's funny, as good as Arizona's been this year, they finished this series only three games better than the Yankees. So this is not like, by any means, a juggernaut team. They're a young team. Uh, Corbin Carroll is just amazing. He's so good. Uh, they, they have some really, and Arizona's really got some good players and should be a good team uh, in the years ahead. But the pitching matchup for game one was Brandon Fought, who is, who, you know, he is thought highly of, but he's really struggled in his rookie campaign. Uh, I've been pretty bad. And that was on display in the first game versus Luke Weaver. So Luke Weaver, the former Diamondback, actually pitched very well. And Luke Weaver will be in line to start the third game against the Blue Jays. So Weaver ends up going five and a third scoreless. And then Johnny Brito comes on for three and two thirds and only allows one run. Brito continues great bulk inning relief success. And so I would assume that Weaver-Brito combination will be there again uh, Thursday against the Blue Jays. Um, but yeah, Johnny Brito it continues to be a really nice story. Um, and excited to see what could be for him next year. So the first game, DJ LeMayu gets the night off. Uh, Jake Bowers uh, would man first base. Um, so Florial leads off. Giancarlo Stanton played game one, did not play game two or three. My guess there is with the bad weather that they just didn't want to take the chance. Um, that would be my guess. There's been no, there's been no talks about him being shut down or anything like that. Could that come out maybe like before tomorrow, before the Blue Jays, before the Blue Jays series? I suppose anything's possible, but we've heard nothing about that. I think it was probably more of a weather-related um, sit-down for, for Giancarlo. Aaron Judge did play right field in this first game, whereas he DH'd those, those last two. And again, I think, again, because of the conditions, it kind of made sense. Um, but yeah. So this was the Aaron Judge game. Aaron Judge, similar to what he did versus the Washington Nationals about a month ago. See, my, my, my timing's off here. Yeah, no, it, it probably honestly was about a month ago that, that, uh, that maybe, I don't know, give or take, that's, that Judge had a three-homer night, and, and it happens again here. And again, he's one batter away in the bottom of the eighth from getting that chance for the fourth homer, and that doesn't happen. So unfortunately, he's left sort of sitting there, and uh, it would have been cool to see him get that opportunity, but 
judges' numbers just end up being crazy. Like, even though there's been struggles, like this game, he goes four for four with six RBIs. He's got a, the, the, the non homer hit was a double. So the OPS is, is above one again. I, th- I think it left, we'll see. I, I think it left the series above one, but I'll confirm that once we get to game three. But Yankees win this one pretty handily. Uh, let's talk about it. In the third, the Yankees uh, really, they, they benefit from an error by Fott, the pitcher, where it probably could have been a 1-2-3 double play off the bat of Peraza after Cabrera gets a little single. It ends up being first and second one out for Judge, and he hits a three-run homer. Uh, to center field, um, you know, these were impressive home runs. I mean, they usually are when it comes to Judge. Um, and it's a three-run shot, 420 feet, gives the Yanks a 3 nothing lead right there. Um, you know, Weaver continues to pitch well in the fifth inning. The Yankees really break it open. Uh, a leadoff double by Oswald Peraza, and then an RBI double by Estevan Florial. And, and for Florial, like I've said, he, to me, he looks better than I've ever seen him before. I don't think it's going to be enough to, to really make a, a difference. Like, I feel like push arms to serve, like, I don't think he's going to be in this Yankee organization for, for much longer, would be my guess. But I will say that Florial has, I think he, he's improving, and I do think that this is someone that definitely has the abilities to be a major league player. To what degree, and will he be a starter, like, in a meaningful way? I don't know. But Florial with an RBI double makes it 4 nothing, and then right after that, Aaron Judge, his second homer of the night, makes it 6 nothing. It's his 34th homer of the season. And in the... Six is when they take Weaver out of the game. Brito comes on um, to replace Weaver. Again, a really nice job by Luke Weaver. Uh, and then in the bottom of the seventh, Judge does it again. Um, he homers. Uh, the, I mean, and all these, and again, with Judge, a lot of it is, you know, opposite, you know, dead center, opposite field. And that's, you know, kind of the case with these homers. And it's his third homer of the game, his 35th homer of the season. And again, just. Very, I, th- I think he is the first Yankee. I think that was to ever hit have a two, three home run games in a season. I believe that that that, that was the stat. So the score is now seven nothing Yanks, and yeah, Brito. The the only unfortunate part is that the uh, with one out in the ninth, Yankees going for the shutout. Brito does allow a homer to Christian Walker, so Walker hits his thirty first homer of the season, makes it seven one, and that's the final score. Yankees win it handily. Uh, and at that point, we're on a two-game winning streak. And like I said, the second game, you know, what was supposed to be is postponed. And so Sunday is now game two. And so Sunday is a matchup uh, on paper is a pretty good one between Carlos Rodon and, and uh, Zach Gallen. But the, uh, you know, you know, the Yankees won game one, seven, one. Well, the Diamondbacks win game two. 7-1. They returned the favor. Uh, and, and like I said, a very ugly. There was a rain delay here. Just the wind was whipping. It was... It was not pretty, um, like I said. So, uh, as I mentioned before, no Stanton. He was out of the lineup. Um, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa would play left field in this one. Um, who else was out? Um, no, I guess no one. No, yeah, I guess that was. I guess that was of of import. Uh, Kiner-Falefa is in. Stanton out, and then Lemayhu in. Bowers out is basically what it was here. Um, Rodon, you know, got into some trouble in the first inning. Like, again, for Rodon, got into some trouble in the first, like, beginning and end with some trouble in, in the middle was good. Like, like again, I think Rodon, there's definitely signs of improvement. 
it's still going to be a very ugly finishing line for Carlos Hernan. As he right now sits at 5.74. He was let down by some defense behind him as well. That didn't help. Like, he pitched fine. Like, I, like it was... Um, I wouldn't say it was a spectacular outing, but, like, he kind of grinded through it, and it was, uh, you know, gave him some length. And, you know, I, I guess it was more good than bad, but the Yankee offense didn't do anything against Zach Allen. So, first inning... You get a single by Moreno and then Carroll with a single, but it, it it ends up being a second and third situation because that's on Florial. And it was, in, you know, the Yankees, it was a bad defensive day for the Yankees. This was an ugly, this was the game that eliminated the Yankees. So kind of ironic, you know, it kind of makes sense that this was kind of symbolic of, of things that have gone wrong and, uh, you know, no offense and just not a whole lot going on, sloppy play, and the Yankees would be eliminated after this loss. So, uh, second and third no out, you get a sack fly by Tommy Pham, and then you get a sack fly by Christian Walker, makes it 2-0. Then things settle down um, for Rodon, and, you know, Yankees can't do a whole lot against Zach Allen. There was some good good contact, but uh, not really able to convert at all and get those runs in. So in the seventh, a couple of singles, Pham and Walker, then Gurriel grounds out, and then Evan Longoria with a hard smash goes off of the glove of Peraza, into the outfield. The two-run single for Longoria makes it 4 nothing, and that would be all for Rodon. Then Randy Vasquez comes in, and it was a rough outing for Vasquez, who, um, like, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. I feel like Randy Vasquez has been mostly good, but there's been some struggles lately. Um, again, he's been in some weird spots as well. Um, Lawler reaches on an error by Connor Falefa. This is just a play that it was pretty ugly where I kind of turned my head. I thought Connor Falefa caught it. He actually dropped the ball. Uh, again, yeah, the weather's part of it, but he, you know, he, not a great look. But either way, then you get a wild pitch. There's a walk. So it's bases loaded. Then you get a sack fly by Perdomo. Makes it 5 nothing. Diamondbacks. Ryan Thompson comes on to replace Gallon in the 7th. Uh, puts the Yankees down 1-2-3. Then in the 8th, you get a leadoff double by Corbin Carroll. Um kind of a hustle double, and eventually, after a single by Pham, you get an RBI ground up by Christian Walker. Uh, in the eighth, Kevin Ginkle comes on and uh, pitches a score of eighth inning, and then in the ninth, off of Vasquez, you get an RBI double by Gabriel Moreno, and I think that was on a play, yeah, I guess they gave him a double. Jake Bowers was in right field at this point. He had pinched it for Connor Falefin, just with an ugly, goes off his glove. I don't know. Florio, it was just ugliness. And really, I think he should have gotten an error. But either way, 7-0. Then Zach McAllister cleans it up there in the top of the ninth. Final ninth, uh, Frias comes on for the Diamondbacks. And the Yankees do get a run. Lucky. Jake Bowers gets a win double. It, it was an infield double because the, the ball just curved to the right. Um, and so eventually, like, like I said, it was a really weird situation. You end up with a bases loaded situation, two out. And Judge with the base sort of walk. So the Yankees shut out is just like the Diamondbacks kind of. This is very, you know, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but kind of reverse situations, but similar to games one and two. And then Glaber pops out to end it. So the Yankees lose 7-1. They're eliminated from playoff contention. So game three, this is the one game that actually had, you know, just some, just from a baseball game standpoint. Yeah, like it was ugly from the weather's uh, standpoint, but it was a close game. Um, and the other two are obviously lopsided. Uh, this one... You know, the Yankees, uh, Everson Pereira makes his return, and Pereira actually did well. Pereira gets a couple of hits, so that was good to see. Everson Pereira had not played for a while. He had a bit of a hamstring situation, so to see him back in there was good. I'm sure we'll see him a lot this week, and he had he had his struggles before he got hurt, so uh, we'll be hopefully we'll see him perform. Um, 
And the pitching matchup in this one, Merrill Kelly for the Diamondbacks, who's a, a, a pretty good starter. Not as good as Zach Gallen, but like still Merrill Kelly, uh, he now he has a 3.3 DRA. Like, yeah, Merrill Kelly is, a, is definitely one of the better pitchers in the league. A bit of a late bloomer. He's, he's you know, 34 years old, but he's been a good starter for the Diamondbacks uh, over the last few years. So Merrill Kelly and then Clark Schmidt for the Yankees. And for Clark, this was probably, I assume, his second to last outing of the season. For it's been a struggle for Schmidt. I, I feel like this month has been more down than uh, than up for him. Uh, I, I still give him credit. The fact that the four pitchers that come to mind, and I don't want to jinx it, right? This is a week to go that have made it health wise through the whole season is Clark Schmidt, Garrett Cole, Clay Holmes, and Michael King. Uh, those are the four that seem like they have made it from the beginning to the end with no hiccups, injury-wise, or anything like that. So, Schmidt deserves credit for that, but yeah, just, he ends up throwing 79 pitches through four innings. So, I think that if they weren't, I, I think here what was happening was they were, con I don't think they wanted to push him, but I think if this was a game of real import, he probably could have gone five, but not, but really no more than that. And the point I'm trying to make here is, he needs to be more pitch, pitch efficient. Just It was a slog for him. You know, three walks in four innings, and there was hit by pitch as well. There was a wild pitch as well. Just, I, I think, for Clark, it hasn't been great lately. Um, hasn't been disastrous, necessarily. Like, again, he, he does a good job of kind of keeping them in it, and he did that again here, but it was not great. The Yankee bullpen did a good enough job from there. Uh, you know, it ends up being five innings of two-run ball from the Yankee bullpen. Um, but the Yankees did trail early. As Clark Schmidt, you know, right away, uh, the Diamondbacks score a couple of runs, and it would be a two-run double by Alec Thomas with two out to give the Diamondbacks a two-nothing lead. But the Yankees, you know, would eventually get to Merrill Kelly in the fourth. You get a leadoff double by Gleyber Torres, then Austin Wells with a two-run homer. What was good about this game was the was the young kids really did contribute in a major way to this win. Um, and so Austin Wells is the second homer of the season. With Wells, there's hope that maybe he could be something. Um, I don't think that's a guarantee at all, and I and I don't know what next year looks like. But with Wells, like you like what he brings to the table. The stats don't look good, but I, I think he's getting better. And Wells is a two-run homer to make it two-two. Then, like I said, Schmidt goes four innings. A good two innings from Greg Weissert. Weissert pitches the fifth and sixth and, and looks pretty good doing it. And I'm sure you know we'll see a good amount of Weissert in the last week here. In the seventh. Nick Ramirez comes on, and, you know, Nick Ramirez, again, like, not a great pitcher that, that has pitched a lot for the Yankees this season, and the numbers aren't horrible, but either way, you get a, a one-out single by Corbin Carroll, who, like I said, is really good. He gets his uh, 51st steal of the season, and then you get an RBI single by Gabriel Moreno, makes it 3-2 Donbacks, and then the Yankees bring on Ian Hamilton, who finishes out the inning. Then in the seventh, Ryan Thompson, who pitched the day before, who the Yankees are very familiar with with the Rays, and I think the Yankees have really gotten to Ryan. I mean, from what I remember, the Yankees really started to get to Ryan Thompson late in his Ray career. And Oswald Peraza with a very impressive, it's his first Yankee stadium home run this season. And I'm trying to think if it is, I think he probably had a Yankee stadium home run last year. No, I'm not, not going to check now. Either way, he absolutely crushes this one. It's the second homer of the year. 443 feet for Oswald in the, in the conditions uh, with the wind being what it was, he just got into that one. So that was good to see. 3-3. Three, three. And then at the end of the inning, uh, Judge is robbed of a homer by Alec Thomas. Thomas is a really good defensive center fielder for Arizona. And he uh, he robs Judge of a homer in all likelihood. So in the eighth inning, Ian Hamilton continues on. 
and he hits Guriel with with one out, and then uh, Emmanuel Rivera, bad pitch by Hamilton on 0-2. Uh, Rivera gets a double. Then Cattell Marte pinch hits. He walks, and so that makes the bases loaded. Perdomo strikes out, but then you have Corbin Carroll with the base loaded two out. First pitch, opposite field RBI single. Gives Arizona a 4-3 lead, but for Hamilton, he does kind of keep the damage minimal, even though he did, you know, re-give up the lead. Moreno grounds out to Hamilton, so it's 4-3. So Kevin Ginkle comes on. Ginkle as well a pitch the day before. And Ginkle, going into this game, was 9-0. Well, he leaves this game with his first loss of the season. He is now 9-1 as the Yankees put together a pretty impressive eighth inning. Glaber Torres singles to start it out, then Austin Wells singles. And then from there, Ginkle loses the zone. Volpe walks. Then he does strike out Cabrera. Really bad at bat by as well Cabrera, who had been showing some signs of life lately, but uh, this wasn't great here. And then Peraza walks. Full count. Really nice at bat by Peraza after he homered the inning before he walks. Ties it up before then Esteban Florel with an opposite field sack fly to give the Yankees a 5-4 lead. Ginkle is now out of the game. Former Yankee Miguel Castro comes on and Everson Prayer with a big insurance run. And it's funny, for the few hits that Pereira has had this year they have kind of been hits that have had you know been in some decently big spots and here he gets an rbi single makes it 6-4 that would be the score going into the ninth clay holmes comes on and go and uh, pitches a one two three ninth strikes out fam strikes out walker and thomas grounds out two homes and the yankees win the rubber game uh they avoid what could have been nine straight rubber losses the, the streak ends at eight and the yankees are now 79 and 77 with six games to go, three at Toronto, three at Kansas City. So now let's talk about this. Yankees played some spoiler versus Diamondbacks and versus the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays sit in a position where they are looking pretty good to get in. I have to say, for the Yankees to really cause true damage to the Blue Jays, you got to go at least two and three to really put a dent in them. And the thing is, with the Astros playing the Mariners this week and someone has to lose those games, as I look at it... Um, the Blue Jays, I, I, they're in a pretty decent spot. I, I think, you know, I'm anti-Toronto. I'm certainly anti-Astros as well, right? So if I can get one of those teams out, I'll be happy. What would suck is like the Mariners are the team that doesn't get out. That would suck. So I, I hope one of the Astros and Blue Jays don't make it. Um, let's look at these pitching matchups. Two of them are rematches of last week. Uh, and it's Michael King versus Kevin Gosman. Looking forward to that one. That was a great pitcher's duel. So I really want to see, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that one goes. In what you would think would be Michael King's last start of the season. We don't, but you don't know. He could get that last start versus Kansas City. What we do know for sure is this will be Garrett Cole's last start of the year. Garrett Cole versus Jose Barrios, which from a Yankee perspective, that's definitely your most favorable matchup. And then, uh, and that was a rematch of the last game of the Yankee Stadium Series. And then game three, Luke Weaver versus Chris Bassett, which is definitely major advantage Toronto. So the one way this gets interesting, if the Yankees win the first two games this series, then... Then game three becomes, I think, very interesting from a Blue Jay perspective. But but right now, Toronto has set themselves up pretty nicely to make the playoffs at this point. But we still like to see the Yankees make things a little bit difficult for Toronto. But uh, like I said, I, I think that ultimately Blue Jays will probably make the playoffs. So Yankees' home slate is done. Uh, no more games at Yankee Stadium. Uh, and they will finish out at Toronto and at Kansas City. Uh, playing out the string here. Again, the Yankees officially eliminated from postseason contention.